0: is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Good to have your company on
1: the Sounding Board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. We have brought this episode forward, Series 6, Episode 5 forward, because we had to. We couldn't wait any longer. We've been talking about this moment, Craig Hutchison, for every bit of three, maybe four, possibly even five years the politicking, the schmoozing, maybe even the backstabbing that's been going on in the race to replace Bruce McIvaney at Channel 7 now that it's official Bruce McIvaney calling time as an AFL caller it is game on hello and welcome to you
2: hello damo didn't our twitter feeds blow up <laughs> when this happened last night i actually thought something had gone had happened and i raced to my phone to see <laughs> what had gone wrong and bruce has signalled that he's stepping down from calling on channel 7 and he's beaten The race to replace him to the punch. So, (laughs) even the professional, the the next cab off the rank was not yet ordained. Damo. So, so do you think he's
1: actually caught people off guard here in in the timing of this a matter of two weeks before the start of the 2021 season? Or are you like me a little bit
2: that some people who needed to know knew before yesterday? I think the people who needed to know knew before yesterday. But what do you think of the decision before we get into the race to replace him? I thought, I thought he had as good a broadcasting year as any
1: he's had prior to last year. Last year, I I thought he's outstanding the way he, the way he pulled together the the season and did most of it remotely, as a lot of people did. But he did it from not just remotely, but from, from South Australia, didn't he? Most of it, most of the calling he did. And I, I thought he was as good as ever. And, and, and maybe that was the toll of doing it that way and maybe the daunting nature of this year being similar again in that, in that broadcasting sense. Maybe that was all the reasons. He's obviously still going to be, for those who haven't caught up, Hachi, still actively uh, the main man when it comes to, to racing and I'm assuming the, the Tokyo Olympics, if they go ahead. And I've got
2: some doubts over that. But either, either way, he's still going to be seen be, on Channel City. 7. Yeah. What I don't understand it to be honest. Like he's at the peak of his powers. Mm. If he has to do less, I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he's been allowed to do it. So I know mean, you got to pay the respect to the individual. W- wasn't there an argument to try and manufacture a, a farewell Anz- game? Anzac or? Day and Queen's yeah. Birthday and key finals and a ten game package. And he's part. It's, this game's an attraction and Bruce is on mm. it. Wasn't? Is there still time for that? Re- a, a reinvent of the thinking, or was oh, oh. it? Circumstantial in the scheme of things. I would think not. The way he's
1: spoken about this. Uh, I mean, he spoke. Now um, the, the other aspect of this story too, Hutchie, The, the exclusive story was 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 on Channel Seven. Oh, it was a
2: great get by the it Seven was, News. It's well like done.
1: It was like those football clubs oh. a couple of years ago when they had exclusive yep. interviews with their star centre half uh, Ford on
2: their own platform. Hats off to Mike Amor. <laughs> when the, when he puts this uh, in the in the Quills and Walkley entries, <laughs> I just hope there's someone judge going, hey, hang, on, hang on a minute, that's where, a good get. Where, where, where's this entry come from? From Seven. I love the uh, audacity to label it exclusive last (laughs) night on the news. It said, "We've got the yarn about our own guy." How would you've got Bruce's number? Do you think? And what about all those other networks that missed the story last night? Wouldn't they be flat? Uh, Anyway, that's a by the by. I was when I heard him say on the news that he didn't think he'd peaked yet. I got. I was just curious as to why. I'd I'd like to think that he had more. Like I thought he'd do less, but not none. I understand it's an Olympic year, and I understand the racing is a great love of
1: his. And, and look, I've never, everyone who who has anything to do with him knows the preparation he puts in is still more than anyone else, yep. the next best. So maybe Hachi, I'm I'm speculating, like 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 we all have to do on the outside of this now. Maybe just the toll of that, and to go through it one more time in, in an Olympics year, um, maybe that's the reason. I don't know. But more, more importantly, Hutchie... Couldn't have the, had a
2: year off and done the second year of Olympics was the focus this year. I was just surprised. That was all. But, and and
1: uh, to your point about doing the, the big games, like every three or four weeks, just come in and do a Friday night game or, or do, as you say, Anzac Day... Do the big Collingwood... Mar- the Bruce Marquis package. Yep. That's what I thought it would have ended up at. But. Now, 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 the politicking behind the scenes, this is what well. we ultimately want to get to. And this is the reason we've brought this episode forward because there's been enough love of Bruce on this show and, and every other program and, uh, and organisation today in the past 24 hours since Bruce has announced it. But what happens from here? Because we know there's been some posturing going on behind the scenes with uh, the man in contention, uh, yeah. uh, Brian Taylor, James Brayshaw... Hamish McLaughlin. And, and I'm throwing Luke Darcy into this mix too, Hutchie.
2: Well, it's got a little bit of excess about it for mine. Like the the late Mike Hutchins was a legend and the next two or three incarnations. <laughs> oh, no. Were, in the end, they went with an ensemble. They went with John Stevens. In, in the end, it was The noise works oh, It looks like there's an ensemble cast. <laughs> it looks like there's a whole bunch of people on stage playing the tambourine rather than the lead singer right now, Demo, if I was to be honest. I'm worried about where this sort of band goes from here. Let's nah. let's go through a few of the decisions. Basil, the mayor's cost him. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think he was good enough, Basil, but he just didn't perhaps think he was within reach. Maybe he had the mail from Kerry Stokes that Bruce was gone, right. And it wasn't going to be him. But he'll—he's so, the mayor. He's—he's well, well, out he's because he's the mayor. So, um, BT yeah. and Holy Moly is a missed moment of a lifetime, isn't it? That well, was the well, surfboard. Was it? it didn't rate. It, it may have. Been, what about that TV hang time Shervo got that Brian would have got,
1: though? Yeah, but it could work against him if he had have done it and the numbers that it delivered weren't what they wanted, clearly. I mean, you thought it was going to be the greatest TV success of all time when they promoted it back I in... I thought it
2: would big numbers.
1: Well, it didn't. Yep. Um, so so I, I don't think that hurt him in
2: the end. I, I think maybe not being part of that show might have actually assisted I, his cause. Hamish has had a different strategy to the chair. Hamish has emceed... 60 lunches Lewis Martin's attended in the last two years. So what Hamish does is when he gets – because he's the best MC in Australia. Yep. He gets organisers. who And that is true. Organisers and everyone asks him to to, to host their benefit. And he says, tell me a bit about the room before you get to the cash. And they'll say, well, so-and-so. And and he'll say, are you on from Seven? And if they say, you know, like it's the head of program sitting – if they say it's the head of PR, if they say Lewis – okay, I'm in. (laughs) Count me in. And then what he gets is he gets the How Good Hamish factor afterwards. People go up to Lewis, How Good Hamish, didn't he do a good job? And the How Good Hamish routine, he's taken the back way to the chair by doing the MC route. He's gone and done the lunches, and his best friend is Lewis Martin's EA. And what he does is he says, "How are you going? How's the weekend? Where's Louis this week? Oh, he's going to go to the opening of uh, that uh, new music. Oh, oh, should we help him out and do some MCing down there? And then all of a sudden, everywhere." Lewis thinks he's good so, in the community, Hamish. But Hamish has not even seen a function Lewis didn't go to in four years. <laughs> it's just been genius, this backdoor so, way. So are
1: you almost like, to, to use the, the stall gift analogy from like dozens and dozens of years ago, has he been running dead
2: to get to this point where he's just going to come onto the big stage well, and no, go he's, bang? He, he's going to he's gonna get the kudos without actually having to call the game. <laughs> because he's got the How Goods Hamish routine going. So L- Lewis has gone, Hamish's a great host. That's his job, host. I've seen him do a million lunches. He's brilliant. And he's, by the way, he's brilliant those lunches. So he's going to be the MC, but he's not going to have to call the game. And then James has been trying to shed the Triple M skin, like shed and shed and shed. And there's somewhere there's been a conversation where – A different person, the one we have on Saturday on Triple M to the one I see on Friday night somewhere, on Somewhere on the <laughs> line, Saturday Louis gone. You reckon we could tone that down a bit? And James has taken that and run a mile with it. Thinking, it's not the same, man. So if I'm, I'm a betting man. I'm saying Hamish is the host pre-game. So, so hang on. So how's it? So you want to say channel? Let's go Friday night. Well, Hamish football. Hosts, he hosts now, Hamish. So, he, so he, the first camera is on Hamish. The way yeah, you read it, pre and post. So he just steers it without and, calling it. And for the most part, it'll be. I think the preferred team will be James and Brian on the Friday night. Yeah, and yeah. there'll be there'll be a little flex here and there in a the state. So that they won't commit hardcore to that. They'll leave themselves the out. On those two, but I, that would be the natural fit, wouldn't it? I, I would think so. I, I don't have intel on it. I would Hamish think that Coast would be hell now. And James and Brian uh, get their share of calling. And you know what? the Duke's just sort of, yeah, he's in the background, you know, he's house of wellnessing his way through the business. And I wouldn't rule him out. At no, time. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I would not either. Well, one, one thing that you'll have so, in- so they might have as you say they might have a coordinator in in a Hamish role as opposed to just the well, the, a, the broadcaster who just takes it over and then calls. That's how it plays now. So you, you work triple in Friday nights, you wouldn't see much of it. But that's how it plays now. So it's not a not a big shift, is it? Bruce hasn't been fronting. Mm. Hey, I think the finals are an exception, but Bruce hasn't been fronting the Friday night broadcast. Correct me if I'm wrong for quite some time. So I think the chairs are going to land where it's a bit of a spread workload, and that'll keep everyone happy. Everyone will need a hug on the way through here, won't they? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, I think, how it'll probably mix. And there might be a couple of new faces. What What has been going on, though, with, with, be a, with a factor, those? Daisy, I think on Friday night she should be outstanding. Daisy? Yep. Absolutely outstanding. Th- those four who
1: are in the running yep. to, to effectively replace the, the Bruce presence, at least, yep. um, Do you think... in, in a calling sense,
2: who would have been doing the most backstabbing? Well, what was your strategy today when you woke up if you were Jim and Brian and, and Hamish? Did you A... Put a nice call in to – well, first of all, we are got to put the obligatory tweet out praising Bruce, right? <laughs> oh, wasn't there some of that going on? Oh, that, that, people who might have met Bruce once. People, they're, oh, they're, oh. They're, they're, the way people have injected themselves into his career oh, today oh. has been like next level. I'm got not going to name names, Hachi but if we wanted to, there'd be 45. Oh, yeah. I've you got can, that on my list for Sunday. Get ready for that <laughs> for off the bench. There were uh, some
1: extraordinary performances of uh, importance, are they, insertion.
2: Are they texting – You're texting Lewis your support. You know, you're you're a bit busy. Uh, You know, well handled. (laughs) When you're ready to have a chat. It'll be something like that, I think. Or do you go above?
1: Do you go to Kerry? That's the risky call. But ultimately nothing's
2: going to happen unless Kerry signs off on it. You know, I think everyone's already played their best shot, haven't they? So it was, you got, everyone's in the clubhouse, really, other than a text here and there. I don't think anything you can do from here on changes the... On Brian, the
1: Brian wouldn't like this situation, though, I wouldn't have thought, because he doesn't
2: know the outcome. Well, I don't think his role changes, though. He's going to be calling Friday night no matter yeah. what happens. And I don't think he should even stress about it. Like, what's, what's the... You know, he's been as warm as he can be. <laughs> well, you well, are under this. You are onto this two years ago. Global, the global warming of Brian... Has, has been a by and large a successful product. We're seeing the, the, the cuddly bear more than we're seeing the angry bear, to quote Lewis Martin himself. And uh, I think the cuddly bear, Brian, has been a good effort. So that would be my view. The audience will have a view. Though. We might put the Twitter poll out, the Sounding Board Twitter poll. Who would you have in the main chair as the face of the business? I reckon it's going to be James. As the face, yeah. But I, I get the
1: feeling they don't want to have a replacement per se. And I think, to your point... They will have a few combinations. they'll try the uh the Taylor one, I think initially with Hamish potentially steering it yeah. off off the uh, broadcast
2: itself, and then I think they might even um yeah change it up a little bit every now and again. He won't die wondering James he'd be the one he would he would have been the one that rang today would he <laughs> yeah, oh. he's just comfortable in his own skin, he's <laughs> just like oh I'm ringing oh, I'm going to find out what's going on here." You can imagine. <laughs> Which is why we love him. You're his turtle, of course. We love him more than anyone. All right. Well, hey, it's been fascinating to us even before this development of the past 24 hours, yep. actually, and there's still a bit to play um, out with it. Yeah. Note for uh, – and it's an old, bit of an old thing in this town in particular, in Melbourne, about the hosting functions, but Eddie was the king of hosting functions for 15 years, and it did play a, a very underestimated role in his rise when you are in rooms of six 700 people are watching you first hand and you're walking those rooms and, and shaking the hands he was the best at it probably still is the best at it hasn't done a lot of it recently Hamish has become a silver bullet of MC if there's a better on your feet MC in Melbourne right now I don't know no. one I think I think he's number one and he does it he does it all without notes yep. which which fascinates me for he's someone. I, I need notes in front almost, of me, or at least in the back of my head. He's almost the actor that's better on stage than he is on film, I think, Hamish. That's how I describe And he's yep. so good at that. Yep. And it has played a role. And I was only maybe a bit of fun before and being a bit facetious. Oh, though. here we go. The square up. the, the, well, the weekly square up. Uh, a couple of things I don't want to square up on, though. Can mm. I ask you a couple of questions? You, you, do you have you a want. desk at the AFL, of course. And I And work, work there full time. A few yep. things. I know I'm a bit of a broken record on this, and I don't mean to sound insensitive to the conditions of the economy and the problems the AFL are going through. And I think this has nothing to do with the fixturing team who inherit the strategy of the commission. But why haven't we scheduled more boldly this year? I Look at the fixture. I'll give you one little example. You're obsessed with the fixture. I'm trying not to be. You're obsessed with it. We did such. We were so bold and so creative and so nimble and so clever last year. I love the entrepreneurialism to get through. Huge, massive tick. It. They've gone back to a conservative fixture based upon appeasing the clubs. Yep. Instead of how do we best fixture this season for the fan, and we'll work out the clubs in the background. You know, we have to split gates and you know revenue shares and all that. The fan round one. It's fifty percent allowed in Melbourne right now, right? Yeah. Melbourne Fremantle scheduled at the MCG Saturday afternoon. Essendon and Hawthorne scheduled at Saturday night at Docklands. Yep. Right. Melbourne Frio should be at Marvel Stadium and Essendon and Hawthorne should be at the MCG. If 50% is the caveat, why are we going to cap 25000 on Essendon and Hawthorne and turn people away, I haven't seen their team play for 600 days, and get 15000 to the G for Melbourne Frio on a good day when that could be easily swapped and you can just write a check in the background and make up the difference. And we, if we did learn one thing last year, th- those games, even right now,
1: could be changed.
2: Well, yeah, I, th- I think it probably will change round one before we get there, right? Something will happen. I don't think it will change before round one. I round one, be able to travel. I or- think
1: you'll find you'll, you'll rip up uh, from round two onwards, though, I, I, because you cannot play round two as it stands with the border yep. situations
2: but- around the country, particularly W.A., if it's 50%, it might get to 75 but let's say it's 50 for now on crowds. It might get lower too. It depends on what well, happens. Well, that's the other thing, yeah. Just put the games in the venues where the people can go. It, like if – I know the MCC say, I haven't seen Melbourne in front of, Don't worry about it. Like if We're in a pandemic. Put Don't turn away a fan who can otherwise meaningfully go to the game. Yeah,
1: actually, I'll give you that. Actually, normally when you bring up the topic of fixturing, I – Glaze over in the eyes, but I reckon you've actually raised a good point
2: there. I quite like that. And the second well, thing is that I know this a lot of Thursdays in the first six weeks. Double down on Thursdays. Play the year with Thursdays. Cop what goes with it. Commit to it and see it out and be nimble and bold. Don't get caught in the, oh, this club needs that and this club needs this and this one's running about five. That. The clubs are too noisy already, by the way, in the background. you just got to tell them how it is again. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, another issue before we move and the on. And then on Tassie. IFL-wise. Yeah, I was going to get the Tassie, yeah. I'm a believer in Tassie. I'm a believer in it needs its own team. I'm a believer in playing more content there, and it needs its own team. Well, I'm a believer in the future of Tassie and AFL and everything that goes with it. Right? So I've, I've, Is that because you can see a commercial gain down there? We've talked about personally? this lots. It's a no-brainer for me. With that said, I don't reckon the Tassie government shown a lot of empathy to the AFL in the year they had, and I don't reckon I reckon they got off a bit light on this because it was a five fifty seven on a Friday, um, you know, response and a return. Yep. Um, what the AFL should have said is, we we really understand your eagerness to play footy there, and have a team, and we respect that we are not at the time frame we all would have liked because we had a year we didn't notice where we is sort play. of what they have said, but can we remind you that we didn't get to play a game in Tassie last year yeah. because you didn't let us in, and you were are in one of the least afflicted states, Queensland, let us in when it was a little more afflicted and more able to play there. So our whole and sole focus is on being allowed back into Tasmania to play a game. <laughs> and when and if we've conquered that and got through a year, then what? at the end of the year, why don't we still have a good chat about what the future looks like? <laughs> but w- or how they were being helped, pulled up by the Tassie government after a year when, understand, right, every state can do its own thing. Yep. But let me repeat, they were not allowed yeah. in yeah. to play and then they're unhappy with the time frame. The the other aspect of that is that you can my point on that. Yeah, I can, I can, and and
1: another layer of of, of this issue is is, is this one. I, I feel is that having covered the AFL industry organisation in some form now for the best part of say thirty years, twenty five plus, one thing you don't get success out of is blindsiding the AFL or, or working away from the AFL now. People might argue you're better off not working hand in glove with them at times, and I I get that argument. But if you're Tassie trying to convince the OFL to give you a licence, calling them out publicly without giving them a heads-up is not, in my eyes, smart business to get
2: the outcome. And they released the letter too, didn't they? they? Yeah. 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 yeah, It it was a temporary political gain but a short-sighted, yeah, you know, it's a long. I don't mind the the shift in strategy to double to up the ante a bit. I get that. You've got to be pretty careful when you roll that out, though, when you haven't been able to host games for a year and the industry has come back. You know, thirty five percent less staff and really quite exhausted already. Yep. There was a probably I, I can understand it as I said, but there's a smarter way to go about it than the the Friday deadline and all the rest of it. But just before we move off that, um, I, I'm a huge fan of you as a journalist. You know that we go back a long way. What's going now? What's coming? Yeah. Look, like, you know how much I love you as a journalist and all the things we've been through together and the journey we've been on in business together. You don't need to say to me when you start a sentence, having covered the game for 25 or 30 years, I don't need the resume, mate. I know where you've come from and how you've gone about it. What I'm, I'm sitting on my metre away from you. I know exactly who you are and what you bring to the table. What I was I saying is the I know you, to do business having with the AFL. Having covered the game for 25,
1: maybe 30 years. Oh, Really? Well, I've never seen an organisation get an outcome
2: doing business that way. I think you're right. It's the most amazing thing I've seen in my 35 years in the game. (laughs) Covering and (laughs) can't even do the resume, it doesn't even stack up. (laughs) Um,
1: You mentioned exhaustion and I've... uh, It's a thing already. I I have about to say, I'm sensing it. Um, And no one's making excuses, by the way, but I can tell you there are people at club level and wider afl industry people who are already done when it comes to the physical requirements now to to run their departments to run their portfolios and we haven't even started the the men's season the the, the women's season is flying it's halfway through we're yep. five rounds into that and and it is it is amazing how, how far it's come since since 2017 that competition hutchie but the toll on Obviously, the players as well, but the toll on the people at club level, given the cutbacks that have been uh, instilled, is dramatic. And I feel for those people right now. Yeah, I know of- you do- normally don't worry about those people sometimes, but I do right now.
2: Yeah, I think it's it, it was a, it's been a tough off season for everyone in the industry because everyone set themselves for mentally, yeah, understandably, for Christmas and a break, yeah. and and people came back and the season was on the door and yeah, yeah. two weeks away and the problem, same problems are there and there's, in some clubs 30 35% less people. Yep. And everyone's doing jobs they were doing 5 years ago and being paid 20% less for it. So I feel for everybody. I, I sense that the industry is starting to readjust itself a little and starting to rehire around the place. And that's a good sign. I think you know the I have I haven't seen that. You you may be privy to stuff I'm not. I think there's, I, there's a little bit of I'm sensing a little bit of regeneration of their okay. workforces, which is great. It needs um, to yeah, and it the, it probably – it did probably cut a little deep, the club land. But then again, do you understand the pressure they're under with the bank – The stadium situation and the dependence on the out. I don't think anyone's out of it out of the woods yet either, No, it's a lot we're gonna be paying this off for a lot of years to come. Yeah. There's no easy way out. And and JobKeeper, with all the clubs, I
1: think every club now has or if not every club, most clubs have now released figures on twenty twenty and most got through far better than they felt they were going to at the start of the Well some made profits. Some made profits. But some made profits on the back of JobKeeper. Yep. And, and that's not a Criticism. It's just a statement of fact. But JobKeeper is not going to be there as of. well, you tell me? Is it as of two weeks' time?
2: Well, it depends. Like it's for some businesses, well, for many businesses, like you know, it's already over, like ours. But it's for some, they get it to the end of March. End of March, yeah. Um, and what what gets a little bit missed is it's I had so many jobs, isn't it? It, it? it just get that fact gets missed. I think Channel Seven called out in their report, like it, even though there was they had a big number of JobKeeper, it did replenish their whole workforce and keep mm. them going through the period. And now they're on their own two feet. So, yeah, I, I think it, it looks like it hasn't been – it looks like some of those clubs are starting to turn things back on. But it's it's been been hard for the industry. Yeah. How's it been at the, the AFL? Anyone in the office yet? Yeah, today it was
1: actually – Weird to actually see mass numbers of people back in there. Now, I think everyone's. Are they operating to 50 or 75? 75 from there. Okay, so I think there's a a couple of different cohorts which are operating on various days and different days. But yeah, there there were people um, in the building en masse for the first time in. What is it? How did it feel? Strange. Weird. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. A bit quiet. Uh, well, not as quite as, as it has been. We've yep. almost had the whole place to ourselves um, in the in the media area there, Hutchie, But it's all uh, back
2: on. People today. have been a bit pensive. I'm not saying this because it sound, it we're involved, just to point out. On Saturday night at Melbourne United, the basketball game. Yep. Which was, I think, the about the third or fourth game I've been to. That was the first time it felt like Melbourne again for me as a crowd. It was only five thousand allowed, fifty percent, but you wouldn't have known it. They were loud, proud. Uh, face marks obviously were lifted on Friday, was it? And um, it was... You were courtside? I was hanging around. It was jumping. Yep. And the fans were were passionate and engaged and up and about. It was a Melbourne sporting crowd. Could you have filled that stadium or thereabouts if you were able to? Yes, no yeah, question. Right. In Sydney. But it felt... I took it as a really good sign for the AFL season that we're starting as a town. And then afterwards, even the bars out and the taxis and competing, you know, yeah. and... It was like traffic jams and it just felt like Melbourne again. I hadn't sensed that much through the tennis. Yep. And I hadn't sensed that much in fairness through the early NBL Cup games. But it was a real sign for me that our city has turned. Has turned. The other cities have already long been there. Yeah. We've we've just forget what we've been well, through in Melbourne.
1: Th- how many people I was I was there, I was one of the people there, but there were thirty or well, there were about thousand at the
2: Grand Final last year in, in Brisbane. Wasn't yep. there? I mean we we forget that, don't we? That. Yeah, Mel- but Melbourne's, Melbourne's – a six-month lag in Melbourne. Melbourne's had a hangover, mm.
3: Tell a me this so hangover,
2: you, how I'd describe it. You might not have caught up with this one, but there's, there's ways that athletes are getting back at media,
1: and we've seen it in this town, we've seen it in this country. There's a new level of this I've noticed during the, the course of the week. There's a, a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens yep. who claims to have some photos of a journalist who's been writing negative articles about him – in a strip in, club. in an establishment that, that he probably would rather didn't have photos of. I think he said strip club. Oh, he know. did say strip club, yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is not illegal, by the way. But he, uh, he has gone public with his threat to release photos unless said journalist apologises for what he perceives to be inaccuracies yep. in reporting. That, that's, that is next level when it comes to the individual sports person <laughs> getting back at media. Well, how do you think that would fly here in Australia? Oh, I can't. Well, you know my views, and you've got the same, I think. There's no athlete prepared to to put his or her name to that in Australia, for yeah, starters. A
2: long road back on your on your Google search, isn't it? But it's. But that, that bloke wouldn't care. But, but the <laughs> journalists journalists in Australia, particularly the ones we've worked with, are the most sensitive human beings on. For all of its, for all the mightiness of the pen, we have got glass jaws as we've talked about as an yep. industry. Imagine that here. Oh, I. I... It'd take it to a new level, wouldn't it? Yeah. But it, I, it comes back to the argument though, that everyone's a publisher now. Yeah, uh, they it's, yeah. are. It's fascinating.
0: On the sounding board, Spin City for Drinkwise. Remember, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise.
1: Okay, Archie, now I didn't see this live, but I did see it on social media and caught up with it on on iView. lease sales on the 7.30 program during the course of – the Week, interviewing Senator Ann Ruston, the Families and Social Services Minister. I couched that because we are going to get you, or I am going to get you, to spin city this particular situation where lease Sales... Fam- I, don't, I don't like doing spin city. Yeah, we know that, but we don't do it every week for that reason. But I like to just bring it to the table every three or four weeks. And you don't like it because of why, Hutchie? Which I knew was going to be the case before you,
2: before this became a problem for you. <laughs> it takes me seriously anything anymore because everyone thinks I'm spinning. I'm not. I just do what I'm asked to do to make this entertaining for you.
1: <laughs> Three weeks into Spin City going back four or five years, I started to think, this is really bad for you because no one is going to be looking at you across a business deal thinking, That's it. Are, you, oh, are you just
2: talking? I've been in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Can't mount <be able> <laughs> an argument on anything anymore. <laughs> Single dumbest segment idea in the history of my media career. <laughs> I'm going to do this once more, and then I'm hanging up the phone. Oh, is this going to become the TJ? This no just, more running of that just, vision of Beck. This just is the fair. Is this our version of that? Is it? This is a little tongue in cheek, and then it
1: bobs up everywhere. All right. Well, so, so here you go. Here, so for, for, just to get a feel for what. Well, can I watch it first and see what happened? No, you can listen to it first. We'll, we'll Jane Jane will play this element of this interview now. Lee Sales doing what she always does put politicians in an awkward situation. The politician in question here was Senator Ann Rustin.
4: A single person on Job Seeker will receive a little over three hundred dollars a week to live on, as I mentioned before. A politician receives more than two hundred and eighty dollars per day in travel allowance when they're in Canberra on top of their salary.
3: Why is that fair? Well um, as you would be well aware um the the rate of uh, of payment that we are talking about is the base rate and in in a number of uh, areas there are there there are supplements there are allowances and there are other things that people have available to them because but, australia's but just sorry system to in- sorry
4: to interrupt you minister but i mean just for the average australian watching a politician gets 280 dollars a day in travel allowance uh, someone on job seeker has to live off 300 a week why why is that fair
3: well, certainly the most important thing that we can do, um, as I said, this is, this is a safety net, it's about supporting people while they're looking for work, but the most important thing that we as a government can do now that the pandemic um, is, is hopefully largely behind us and the economy is recovering, is we've got to focus on getting jobs so that every Australian can have a job and they can have the benefits that are associated with, with having a job and the income that goes with it. But don't you want to and tackle my question head on? Well, I, I think I am tackling your question head on, Lee, and that is that um, the most important thing that we can do is to provide people with access to jobs. So we need to make sure the economy is pro- is providing those jobs. All right, there's a
1: sample of that interview. It was longer than that, but the uh, the pertinent parts for our conversation were what you just heard. So... We're going to get those questions answered by you, Craig Cutcherson, the, under the guise of Spin City. You're going to be Senator Anne Ruston, oh. and we'll, we'll do a take two on this oh, lease no. sales. We may as well get lease sales to ask the question again, and then you can jump in.
4: A single person on Job Seeker will receive a little over three hundred dollars a week to live on, as I mentioned before. A politician receives more than two hundred and eighty dollars per day in travel allowance when they're in Canberra, on top of their salary. Why is that fair?
2: Well, it's not fair, first of all, to link the questions because one's a group of people running the country and the other are people we're trying to support. And the people running the country are there to support the people who need work. First of all, that fee has just risen. We've worked really hard to get it up. It's not perfect, but it's a step in the right direction. It's on top of unemployment benefits. It's a four billion dollar nine year commitment from this government. That's not perfect. It's a step in the right direction. Sorry
4: to interrupt you, minister, but I mean, just for the average Australian watching, a politician gets two hundred and eighty dollars a day in travel allowance. Uh, someone on Job Seeker has to live off three hundred a week. Why? Why is that fair?
2: It's unfair, again, to link the questions. I do not have to live off $300 a week. It's $300 plus unemployment benefits for one. Secondly, when it comes to politicians, we don't make any excuses that we are trying to attract the best people in the country to work in Canberra. To don't set you want to tackle
4: my question? To set,
2: on. I'll answer it. To set better policy, to better give ourselves a chance of not having unemployment in this country. We need to attract talent to Canberra. Politicians, you can't attract on wage alone. The $280 a day is a fee to help them in their role, represent their role in Canberra when they're there and when they're working and when they're active. It is not a direct correlative. Those people are there to set better policy. When we set better policy, we have a better chance long term of having a lower unemployment rate. And ultimately, perfection is not having job seeker because we've been able to create work for everyone and we need smart people to come to Canberra and do that. <laughs>
4: Is that why you say that you deserve the $280 a day in travel allowance?
2: It's again, an unfair question. It's not about me and the $280 a day or an hour. I couldn't care less about it. I'm telling you, Canberra should not shy away from trying to attract talent Lee to Canberra to run the country. It's just a different argument from those people working harder to get more unemployment benefits on top of the job seeker. And I re- resent the tone of your question.
4: <laughs> I was so- and Rustin, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's your best ever, Hutchie. <laughs> Senator
1: Ann Russell, I don't know whether you listen to this program. I'm, in fact, I'm certain you don't, but <laughs> maybe, oh, that was a bit maybe we need there. to get Sorry. maybe we need to get that across. <laughs> I lost my way there a bit in the middle. I I got it okay. You actually got a bit aggressive there. Lost my call. That was the best ever spin city, Hutchie. No, it wasn't. I'm tearing up.
2: <laughs> oh, well... I'm going to move here. I guess the moral of the story is this. <laughs> no, I got it. Politicians, <laughs> stop apologising for what you earn. You don't earn enough. We need people who are in politics earning a lot more to give us the best chance of helping everyone else in, this, in society. I don't know why they apologise for that all the time. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move out of Spin
1: City into into the question of the week. And I'll I, I tell you why we're going to do this in a moment. This is now the question of the week for DrinkWise.
0: On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise.
1: The reason I've just jumped out of that into this one, Hunch, is because I know you couldn't be a politician. The attention and requirements to detail are not your go, and you would Sorry, find I wasn't, yourself. I was listening. Sorry, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and you would find yourself in a punch on with people like Lee Sales, which wouldn't be good for you in the long run. So, but what I do think you could do, and I've often said this to you both on this program and privately, you could run a football club. No. You'd be bored after one day of it. I know I get that. But Brad Budge on email has uh, provided the question of the week. Hachi, have you ever or would you ever consider becoming the CEO of an AFL club? The way you see things and have the why not attitude would be a great attribute for a club. You have great commercial partnerships established in the media and wondered if it had ever crossed your mind. That's the end of Brad Budge's question. Hachi, I agree with Brad. I think you should consider doing that at some stage of your life. You, you'd, you, you would either blow the club up in a week or make it the single greatest business AFL football has ever seen. I'd back you for it to be the latter. It could go haywire, but yeah, I'd back, no. it, back you to do it.
2: Look, I love the facetiousness of your question, but it would never happen. I'm very, I'm in the long haul here with our business for a very long time to come. And so that will never happen, and nor would I be any good at it. I'll tell you why I would be any good I wouldn't have the patience for the stakeholder relationships. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> and <laughs> no. the politics that come with it. And but you, your
1: company I'd be turns crashed- over more than, I would say, most football clubs in this town anyway. So, so the, the level of money to which you would be responsible
2: for, that wouldn't be the problem for you. I wouldn't have the <laughs> – I'm ill-equipped. I look at all those CEOs of the competition; they've all got lots of skills that I haven't got. Patience, patience, (laughs) attention to detail. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't think I'm terrible in the attention to detail, but I think I think I'm. I don't have the patience or the temperament to deal with, and I and I don't. I'm too anti-authoritarian. Yeah, boards do do mean. I think
1: the the procession in some clubs, and I'd I'd punch them in the AFL every day because I'd be off doing something they wouldn't like. And you would you be striking deals that wouldn't be allowed to be struck for starters. The, the procession into a club CEO's office to with people with, in that person's world, massive issue. But I can't imagine yeah. you wanting to deal with the
2: and the politics of a footy club. Well, and they're they're generally great people means because they got to manage so many different. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it would be way out of my depth on that on that front. But thank you, Damo, for. Reading out Brad's question, you normally only read out the ones which which attack me. So that's a bit of a no, I don't. That's, that's no, that is unfair.
1: I avoid those ones, but I, I reckon you'd be very good at it But uh, and so too does, does Brad. And that was our question of the week for Drinkwise. Um, I'm right about racing Victoria. What, what, hutchie. Is, what
2: is the? Can I ask you about the AFL CEOs the clubs before you move off that? Why? What What is the objective? Is it to make money? Is it to have enough money to? Fun football departments, or is it to win premierships, or is it? Uh, what's the well, most important thing to me? To me, we've got away from this,
1: and, and there's been a lot of gain and a lot of good to come out of this mentality that they they football clubs try to be everything to everyone, and there's a lot of people and s- parts of society that have benefited f- from that being the case. But ultimately, I actually still deep down yearn for the old days when all football clubs were about just going win. A- win enough games of footy to make finals and then potentially win a grand final. That That's, I think the balance has been lost in a lot of it and and I think it's a really good point or question you ask. What is the role of a CEO? Um, I think it'll be very different to what I've just said but ultimately, if
2: you win games of footy, everything's pretty good for a CEO, isn't it? You lose half a million dollars a year and make the top four every year. Fan, fans love you. If yep. you make half a million dollars a year and finish bottom four, you get run out of the place. Like I might my only point is what's the objective mm. i don't even think they know half the time i mean you can have all, if you can do it all yeah i guess more money gives you more opportunity right like richmond's a good example of that but it it is still a little bit of an unfair advantage to be well funded even if it's even if you are taxed on things it's still a better hand to have at the table right yep Hutch, i right about racing
1: Victoria on a number You're of fronts. Right, and no. I always am. No, no, because I've got reason to be. And we saw recently the the massive increases in prize money in the New South Wales arm of the the racing industry compared with the racing Victoria. We had a situation during the the course of this week where the the stewards um, had to relinquish charges against the trainer for um, for reasons that weren't properly explained. And and when it comes to integrity and transparency, when it comes to stewardship of of racing, horse racing, they demand it from its Competitors, and they weren't prepared to to be transparent on why those charges were dropped against Richard Lemming. Well, yeah. Is there any theories that emerged? Oh, there's a few. I don't really know whether we need to go down right. the path of them. But Do you think it's fair and reasonable that they'll drop then? Well, they'll drop because
2: of mistakes made by the controlling body. Yeah. Confi- uh, uh, yeah. Well, it reads that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't think it's going to pass the sniff test, though, is it? Going to, well, I saw the minister said he wanted to hear more about it, so... I suspect there'll be more to follow. Do you? Yeah. Well, I don't think – it won't just go away, will it? It might be a 6 o'clock Friday press release after an internal investigation. Well, the, the Darren Wee stuff sort of went away pretty conveniently, didn't it? Just, they just transfer
1: all the horses to another couple of trainers
2: and – There's a good taking out the, – there's two good taking out the trash days if they were open to it. Are they? Yeah, I reckon there's two rippers ahead. Tell me when. Opening night of the footy in Melbourne. So Thursday, March
1: eighteenth. Yep. So that game would probably start about yeah. seven thirty. There about seven twenty. So you reckon so in, what? Five
2: fifty. In tribute to, in tribute to a great thing our late great, our late great friend Danny Frawley did. Remember he used to do the. He flashed. <laughs> <do>, <laughs> he did. He had a beautiful art for radio, didn't he? um All anyone listening in authority out there or in PR land, five thirty PM. 5.45, 5.50 on Thursday night, the 18th of March, is a sweet spot when the live crosses are coming from the MCG and footies back and there's happy pictures everywhere. And it's there's to take 50% out of crash. the crowd. Yeah, the second one is the racing is around Easter. I reckon there's a good chance around Easter everyone will be exhausted by Easter Thursday. About 5 o'clock Easter Thursday. There's two absolute sweet spot crash zones ahead to take out the news you don't want. So, I'm,
1: I'm going to watch that space literally when it comes. Haji, business of the week time now for Officeworks.
0: On the sounding board, it's our business of the week for Officeworks. Let's get to work. Officeworks has everything you need to prepare yourself for the working year ahead.
1: This week it is the Mobile Mayo and Desk Fit Australia. Hachi therapy was not permitted in Melbourne's lockdown period of last year. The team at Mio Mobile Mayo had to dramatically reinvent its business, and they began providing online corporate stressing sessions and started a new company, Desk Fit Australia, which launched in February 2021. Like a lot of companies, Hachi, this one was able to to move away from what it had been doing traditionally and very well into something different and it's worked and they, Mobile Myo and DeskFit Australia, are our
2: business of the week. I, like, it- I like this pivot. I love hearing some of the great small business pivots out there and this fits the office works, helping you make bigger things happen strategy. So thanks to whoever sent this in, but the DeskFit Australia business, which was a byproduct, looked like they were thinking about it before... The pandemic and then, like many businesses, went bang. Accelerated during it, and the mobile myo team, well done. Uh, the physical therapy, and that's our business of the week uh, for Office Works. I was thinking about the fitness industry today. Actually, I went along to Kizer this morning demo. Yep, and uh, with uh, my partner Claire. So, so this is the a core approach, is it? The, the body's core. Yep, yep. absolute yep. core strength and um, a fantastic. Means of start, of getting fit, and clearly clear. I'm coming from a fair way back, but oh, it's a good thing you've started, Hutchie. It's good. I mean, but, oh, I, what I noticed there, and I know it's symbolic everywhere. I know many people go to the gyms regularly, so I sound like I'm just discovered something. But Keys, uh, the Keyser the team do a fantastic job of the the towels over the gym equipment, They're like the clip-on towels and the sanitising and the yep. cleaning. Uh, the staff and the extra work being done in gyms around Australia is huge. A little oh, Keys is obviously a physical therapy, not a. On the gym per se, I had some gym trades. So, well done to all those people out there who have mm. who have reimagined their fitness businesses as well. I reckon it's been a great effort. Yep, that was our business of the okay. week for Office Works and cheeky question for they, me. they Are in the running now for a two thousand dollar Office Works voucher? Cheeky question from me. Yes, I actually wasn't going to ask this because it was it's personal. Mm. But I've been stewing on it for twenty minutes and I can't leave the audience out of the loop on this. So. <laughs> I had three tweets during the week, and I don't know the answer to this question, but since you put the, the, the topic on the agenda at the start of the show, I had three tweets that said you were spotted <laughs> near Channel 7 during the week, maybe even inside <laughs> 7. Now, you're a nine yeah. guy. Yeah. I know you work next door at AFL.com.
1: Yep. It's very it, – it, look, it is very awkward. I've been walking into Channel 7 for work reasons
2: that relate to AFL.com.au, and it, I don't like walking in there, Archie. But so you, you're right. So are you Are you being considered for one of their new magazines? I thought you were signed with nine.
1: I am signed with nine. I, we, we at AFL.com.au are using a room inside the Channel 7 building to interview players as they come in, to save the players' time to walk the extra 300 metres back to our place to do it. So you're walking at seven? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a security pass at the moment for Steve. You've got a
2: channel seven <laughs> security
1: pass. Steve O I bumped into Steve the <laughs> oh, <no>, I hadn't <laughs> seen him for a couple of weeks and he nearly he headbutted me. He thought he
2: thought you were going for his job. <laughs> <laughs> and We're mates. <laughs> he didn't talk to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so you,
2: I mean he could I mean there's seven other clubs to
1: cover, so No, look, as you know, every I'm sure well, you're doing it with, with SCN. Um, footballers are presenting themselves at this time of year to uh, get their stories told and, and we are using the opportunity seven, to yeah.
2: so no, it, is, it is, is very Jeff oppressive. still on the front desk there? I don't know 10 years he was a good man Yeah don't know Damien Shine will be still there in the newsroom I've seen yeah. I think I saw him the other day yeah. in the street yeah, so. Great man Yeah he is He's, he's a cameraman Hutchie, that's it for
1: uh, episode five of series six. The uh, culmination of three years of your investigation of the warming of Brian is, is now coming to the fore as uh, Bruce McIverney, uh, as we knew he's going to do, got the right to call his time in football. And what lies ahead is going to be of fascination to us when uh, the jostling for the spot on the Channel 7 coverage uh, unfolds. And if you're choosing to try and get
2: Bruce's chair, <laughs> choose to do it and drink wise.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email the sounding board at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP, and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.